Physical fitness is a vital <laughs> part of my overall wellness. If I didn't do it, I feel like I would just explode. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone's kind of gotten to that point where you feel like you have to go run or you have to just like expel that energy in some sort of physical way. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour. I'm your host, Aaron LeBauer, and today is kind of like part two in a series of objections and closing the sale. And today, Special guest is Amber Harris. She lives here in Greensboro. She works for us at LeBauer PT. She is our customer care specialist. And I wanted to bring her on because Amber plays a vital role in the growth of our business and really um, enrolling patients into our, our physical therapy programs. So Amber, thank you for joining us on the show. Really appreciate you being here. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad your boss was able to give you the time <laughs> off to come on the podcast. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, for anyone listening, I interviewed Amber the first time on podcast back. It was episode 52. I don't think yeah. it was very far after she started working with us. She's been here over two years now. Mm-hmm. And um, has, I mean, you've changed a ton, transformed a lot of things and also helped hundreds of people in that time. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to bring you on today because, you know, a lot of people are struggling with this whole coronavirus thing and mm-hmm. enrolling their patients. And so let me just, uh, so, so I want to talk about kind of your role in that and like the vital role of like a front desk uh, assistant, person, customer care specialist, but mm-hmm. you also serve as like our, you tee up the sale for Caitlin and you close the sales, you close the sales right. too, right? Right. So before we get into that, I just want to ask you a few questions like, you know, what have you been doing in the last three to four months just to kind of take care of your body and to stay healthy so that you can focus on work and other things in your life? Sure. Um, Well, physical fitness is a vital (laughs) part of my overall wellness. If I didn't do it, I feel like I would just explode. I mean, I feel like everyone's kind of gotten to that point where you feel like you have to go run or you have to just like expel that energy in some sort of physical way. Um, So of course, you know, with the pandemic, um, not having access to um, a gym, um, has definitely played a part. So I've, um, taken up running, mm-hmm. um, kind of like everybody else. <laughs> I've definitely, um, gotten more into running right now and just still doing my yoga practice each week has really helped me just kind of, um, stay sane. Yeah. Have you yeah. felt the urge to come beat up the punching bag I have out back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It depends on the day. Um, but yeah, that absolutely helps. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know it's frustrating sometimes. Um, you know, it's like, I've put you in this role where you have to have difficult conversations with people. Right. right. And right. you get like pushback from people that are just upset at the world or other people. Right. And right. especially more so now you can, you can pick up on that a little bit more so now during, you know, the pandemic when mm-hmm. everyone's struggling in their own way. Yeah, I think, I mean, I started to notice it, and I know you did too, but I started to notice it like this time last year. You know, last yeah. year, people were just getting a little irritated and agitated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Do you remember like, so when, when someone calls you and they're irritated and agitated, or maybe they've called you back, like, how do you, how do you handle it? Like, not just with, with what you say on the phone, but also like, how, like, how do you handle like the extra load that someone's like dumping on you of their like emotions? So is this scenario, you know, when somebody has called and then they're calling back like a second time or, you know, like when someone calls on the phone and they're just like, you know, like you've had people like berate you on the phone. Like, and if anyone's watching this on YouTube, Amber is not like a person that like deserves to be berated, <laughs> but people do that. Like people have done that. I mean, they yeah. used to do it to me, but not as much because I was also the treating therapist. They would yes. hide that stuff. Yes. Like, yeah. How, like, how do you, how do you respond to them? If someone calls and they're upset about, usually it's a billing thing or a mm-hmm. cost thing. And it usually mm-hmm. really doesn't have much to do with us, but like, how do you, how do you handle it? Do you like, is there something that you say to them or a way that you kind of diffuse the conversation so that you can kind of get the information out of them you need? Right. So um, initially when these types of calls come through, what I typically do is I just let them speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times when people are at that elevated level of anger, um, it doesn't really matter what you say. They don't want to hear it. So a lot of times I'll just let them speak. I'll let them have, you know, the full phone line. Um, and what's funny is, you know, when they, when they're done talking, I kind of wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of pause. And then I just say, you know, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I understand. Like, um, that is frustrating. And you pretty much just want to acknowledge um, what they're saying and just try to help diffuse the situation. Um, And a lot of times that does help knock the initial, you know, anger out of it. Um, But, you know, what helps me is just remembering that a lot of times it's just displaced anger. Mm -hmm. These people are angry at their pain or their situation or, you know, just the state of the world right now. Um, but I just, I let them talk and then I just try to diffuse the situation and just kind of dissect what they're talking about. Right. Um, and then obviously try to, you know, come to some sort of resolution. Right. Because it's, uh, it's really, it's almost like you're just the only person that's easy to get on the phone. Like probably everyone else are trying to call, they can't get them on the phone. Right. Right. <laughs> God, that's what, that's what I feel like. I'm like, well, you know, there were so many years where we didn't get this, even like your first year working Mm -hmm. with us, we hardly got any kind of calls of people being angry or upset. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's just, it hadn't like gone up sharply, but it's just like ramped up in the last year. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think to me, like, I see that as probably the hardest part of your job. I don't know. Do you feel like there's something else that's harder than you, that you do? Um, no, I, I would agree with you that just kind of, um, diffusing angry clients, um, you know, is definitely the, the mm-hmm. hardest part of my job. Right. Well, so when people call in general, in general, most of the time, you know, they're, they're calling, looking for something, uh, some solution to a problem, right? They're not mm-hmm. always calling angry. They're, they're generally calling <laughs> What's the first thing, like when someone calls or when, um, so I want to get to like how we kind of start kind of teeing up this sale for Caitlin, because we don't just, you know, get their date of birth, insurance card number and book an appointment, right? We do a whole lot more. Right. You talk about what happens in the, the first phone call, whether, 
it's a patient calling in for us or they've uh, filled out one of our forms and you're calling out. Can you talk a little bit about how does that call go and what are some of the key questions that you ask or cover? Sure. So um, we'll use the scenario, um, which is the most popular, I would think, for us. The way people find us is by an online Google search. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, they've been told that they need physical therapy and they just need to find one in town or, um, you know, that they think physical therapy will help them. They've never tried it before. So they'll call me. And, um, you know, a lot of times the first um, thing that they'll say is, hey, do you take my insurance? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not the way that we start off the phone call here. So um, I'll say, I would love to answer that for you. But um, do you mind if I just ask you a few questions to start with and just make sure that you're a good fit? Mm -hmm. Um, And most times they're a-okay with that. Um, I would say maybe one out of 10 is like, no, I just need you to answer my questions so I can go about my day. Um, (laughs) So then, you know, I'll just simply start asking them questions, you know, like, um, you know, tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you and why you're seeking out physical therapy at this time. And then, of course, that just naturally leads to a conversation, an organic conversation where they're just simply telling me, what's been going on in their life lately? What's the issue that they're dealing with? And then of course, I'll dig a little bit deeper and ask them, well, what is that preventing you from doing or enjoying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that can be anything as far as like, I can't even lift the barbell anymore. It's seriously affecting my overall happiness. Like I'm feeling depressed because I can't work out um, to, you know, a little bit older clientele. Like I'm not able to get down on the ground and play with my grandkids. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing out on a big piece of their lives. Um, And so, you know, by asking these questions, they kind of start telling me a little bit more details about what's going on in their life. And you can really figure out the why and why they're calling, which kind of helps it bring it back to a little bit more of a humanistic conversation versus Mm -hmm. just, oh, your shoulder is hurt. Right. So what would you say is your number one goal in that first conversation? Like what's the goal or information that you're looking for, you know? Um, I would say my, my personal goal in that first conversation is to develop a little bit of rapport with them and to develop a little bit of trust. Um, so they can call us and automatically know that, um, most times when I get off the phone with people, my hope is that they know that we are a different, um, physical therapy clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, and most times I feel like they, they get that by the time we get off the phone they already have a feel that um, they're going to get a different kind of treatment here. Right. Right. Would you say that uh, majority of people who are calling us have already had physical therapy somewhere else, or is it their first time? Do you, do you have a feeling of where we stand with that? Cause I don't really yeah. know yet. But. That's a great question. Um, I would say uh, presently 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we are people's first go at physical therapy, which sets the bar really high. they're never going to want to go anywhere else. (laughs) Um, And then the other half would be folks who have been let down um, by the medical system. And we are pretty much their last resort. Um, These folks are a little bit, um, you know, just sad and like no hope. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, just kind of half and half. Yeah. So going back to this conversation where someone calls and they say, well, do you take Aetna? Are you in my network with my insurance? And and you redirect to try to figure out, like, can we help them? And they go, no, 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 Amber. I just need to know if you're in, if you take my insurance, I can go about my day. (laughs) How do you like 
how do you handle that? What's the next thing you say, or, you know, how does that conversation go? Mm -hmm. Um, Typically if people kind of, um, you know, put up that obstacle with me, I will of course try to redirect them. And if they, um, don't want to be redirected and tell me, no, no, I just need to know, do you accept my insurance? That's what I'm calling for. Then I simply say, I just get real with them. And I say, um, does it matter what kind of insurance we accept if we don't even know if we can help you or not? Mm-hmm. And that typically gets them because it really makes them think. And they're like, yeah, that's true. I'm like, okay, so is it okay if I just ask you a few more questions just to ensure that we're the right fit for each other. And don't Mm -hmm. worry, because if we're not, we're not going to leave you empty handed. I'll point you in the right direction, but I just want to make sure that we're the best fit for you. Mm -hmm. And then that typically kind of diffuses them. And they're a little bit more willing to answer some of my questions. And at the end, I will honor their, you know, requests that they Mm -hmm. ask. And at the end I'll say, okay, well, you know, to wrap things up, I do want to address the question that you asked in the beginning. Um, You know, and and I'll just answer it honest with them. And I think most people um, really respect just being, you know, forthright um, mm-hmm. and just being upfront and not feeling like they're having the wool, you know, pulled over them. Right. Do you, I mean, when you say answer it honestly, do you say, no, we're not in network with your insurance or is there something else that you? Say? No, I, I don't say that. I'll say um, yeah, one of two things. I'll say um, we're not affiliated Um, with insurance um, providers. However, all of our patients have great insurance and Mm -hmm. we have a app that we're partnered with that makes filing your claims super easy. And I will go over that in great detail with you at the end of your evaluation. Mm -hmm. And most people are, that sounds great. Now, some people who are a little bit more um, planner or on top of their, um, I guess, insurance options will dig a little deeper and ask me more questions about, you know, that filing prospect mm-hmm. process, but most people are like, okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, so after this kind of first conversation, what's next? Is this when, when they say sounds great at that point, is that when you get them on a schedule with uh, Dr. Herzog or is there some other step or conversation that you have with them? Yeah, typically the next um, the next step would be scheduling them and getting them on, you know, Dr. Herzog's schedule. And then, of course, right now, given mm-hmm. the, the pandemic, the next step that I end with is just kind of covering our COVID-19 procedures and policies. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And yeah. then let's come. I'm going to try to figure out the, the right order. I, I don't want to jump to the end. I want to kind of stick with this. What when people come in for the last few years, we've been offering like a free total body diagnostic exam. But now since COVID, we had uh, what two and a half months or so where we weren't seeing people in person. Now Mm -hmm. we are seeing people in person. Can you talk a little bit about what we changed as part of our system and and how we changed it uh, and kind of how are you doing it? You know, you know, with, with going from like the free visit to the $35 visit? Like, can you just talk a little about what we changed? What, well, what were the things we were struggling with and then what did we change and how's that working out right now? Sure. So, um, pre pandemic, we would offer folks, um, a total body diagnostic Mm -hmm. and that is our verbiage for a free consultation. Um, you know, just for folks who are kind of on the fence about things and not sure. Um, so that was pre pandemic. Um, 
we're not post-pandemic yet. So um, in the midst of the pandemic, um, now we have kind of um, shifted because it's vital that, you know, businesses do that whenever we're, you know, um, given obstacles. So we just, we keep pivoting, right? So um, the, what we're doing now is we're offering um, total body diagnostic. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me yeah. retract that. We're offering what I'll tell patients or new clients is what we're offering our new clientele are one of two options. Mm -hmm. The first option is going to be an online discovery visit. Um, this is essentially, you know, a 20 minute um, online consult where you'll get to discuss, you know, your questions and concerns one on one with a physical therapist. Um, you know, no diagnosis or treatment or plan of care will be given at that time. It's more of a discussion based appointment just so we can help, you know, ease your your concerns. Mm -hmm. um, so that's option one. And also for people who are a little bit hesitant about um, venturing out and going anywhere right now. Um, the second option is a total body diagnostic, um, and that's an in-person um, appointment, which is, again, about mm -hmm. 20 to 30 minutes max. Um, and that's when, you know, they get to come in, speak with the physical therapist. And at that time, if they choose to become a patient, then, of course, they can roll it over into their first treatment. Um, however, if they're still not ready... Um, you know, they can go home and mold things over. But the thing that we've done that's different during the pandemic is that we have tied a $35 um, nominal fee mm -hmm. to this total body diagnostic. And I realized that that really does help um, because anytime anyone pays for anything, they're going to have a little bit more value tied to that appointment. Right. Um, but we also tell them, you know, if you choose to become a patient with us during this appointment, that $35 nominal fee will be applied to your overall, you know, healthcare. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So. Yeah. And what was the problem we were encountering like four or five weeks ago that we decided to kind of switch to this? Do you remember? Um, I, I think I do. I think yeah. it's, um, you know, people were kind of taking advantage of just getting a free appointment um, but then not really being in the place where they were ready to commit to a plan of care. And sometimes whenever you, um, you know, offer up free advice, people think, oh, well, I just want you to tell me how to fix myself. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not the goal of a total body diagnostics. So. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was also, and I just, the, the prior episode on the podcast, I discussed with Caitlin. Yeah. And so that's great because when I was talking to her about it, that wasn't the perspective that she came up with. And so one of the reasons I decided to move this in this direction was because of what you just said, plus she was saying, well, I'm spending an hour on the, on the call with people mm, yes. she, and trying to do a movement assessment. People are having difficulty with not only getting on the video, but moving the camera around. And she's like, I can't really see them. I can't touch them. And and then at the same time, people wanted to come in to see us in person, right? But then they weren't they weren't being serious about it, and we got to clean the place and set, you know, and and you know, even have like time before and after. And it's like right. if we're going to do all that and go through this whole protocol with someone who's not even committed, it you know, it's like so all three. So that was even my perspective. So all three of those reasons are reasons why it's kind of made sense to exactly. kind of shift to this. And it took me. A, I think we did it and two, two weeks went by and we didn't have any new patients come in. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. this isn't working yet. But right. I think we've had probably six of the eight people who've done it convert to patients. At least. Yeah. 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 Right. 
So um, I think it's working pretty well. Do you, do you think like it's been a pretty easy transition to doing this like paid total body diagnostic? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's been a very smooth transition and um, we haven't had any issues with it. I mean, you know, of course we've had people who come in and, you know, because that is, like you said, that is our time and we are taking right. sanitation and disinfecting mm-hmm. to a whole new level these days. Um, so yeah, it's, it's important yeah. that people see value and tie value to these appointments, even if it is a, a consult. Right. And the people that are deciding not to move forward with therapy at that time, they're still paying like $35, right? Exactly. When do you take that payment from them? Um, It honestly depends on how our day is kind of time blocked and Mm -hmm. depends on the appointment type, Um, especially since I'm doing like the COVID screening prior to the patients coming inside. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I've I've been toying with this, honestly, and sometimes I'll take the the $35 payment before they are taken back. Mm -hmm. And then other times I'll have them come out and do it. Um, like when they, when they wrap things up. So I've done it both ways and I'm not sure exactly which way I'm liking better. Cause if you do it before, it almost feels like a copay. But right. what I've realized is people are so accustomed and conditioned to paying a copay that they immediately come out and they're whipping out their card to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, we'll take care of that after your appointment. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll walk you back to your treatment room now. Right. Um, but you know, if anyone's willing to go ahead and pay, I'll, we'll yeah. take it. <laughs> Awesome. Are people, would you give them those two options, like free online discovery visit or in-person total body diagnostic for 35? Are they choosing the free one or are they pretty much everyone choosing to come in in person? Um, Great question. Ever since we started the two options, everyone has chosen the, the in-person total body diagnostic. Wow. Yep. They want it. They want to be seen in person. They feel like that's going to get them further. That's going to get them more answers. And so, yeah, every single person has chosen to be seen in clinic. Right. Is anyone doing the talk to a PT right now? Are we getting any of those in the last four or five weeks? We have not gotten many of those in the last four to five weeks. No, but I would say like at the very start of COVID-19, we got a lot of those. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Awesome. So someone comes in, they do their uh, total body diagnostic with Dr. Herzog. What happens when she's finished? Tell, tell us about like, what's your role when she finishes with the patient? She's said, hey, we, we're going to do this plan of care program. It's whether it's like a five visit or eight visit uh, in generally. Um, what happens like she walks them out um, and like, how does that conversation go? Because you kind of take over like that last bit of the sale, taking payment, even handling some objections and following up. Right. So can you right. talk us through how that goes? Sure. So, um, you know, Dr. Herzog will bring um, the patient out and this scenario are, you know, new patients who, you know, Mm -hmm. she's just finished like the consult or the eval with. Um, So she'll bring them up front and, um, you know, she'll say, you know, her farewells. It was great meeting you. Can't wait to work with you. Like you've got this. Um, And then she kind of hands it off to me. And in the handoff, she just basically summarizes what her plan of care and the course of action will be. So she'll say, you know, Amber so-and-so is going to get, you know, the eight pack of physical therapy. Um, And then they'll typically just look at the, or Dr. Herzog will look at the patient and say, Amber, we'll cover all this in detail with you. And you can step right over here and, Mm -hmm. and then we'll cover that. Um, What I like to do in the beginning is not deal with finances right when they bring the patients up because I just don't think that that's a smooth transition. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So what I like to do is just kind of like talk to them and um, go ahead and get them scheduled. Um, so what we typically like to do is, um, for example, if Dr. Herzog recommends an eight pack of physical therapy, then I'll go ahead and try to get them scheduled halfway through. So mm -hmm. we'll go ahead and get their four, four next appointments um, in the books logged in. And then, um, you know, we have menus. Um, so people have something tangible. And also a lot of folks like to be able to see something. Um, so we have these menus that we have created that has our listing of our payment plan options and all these different things. And then I'll hand it over to them and we'll just go through it together. Um, and then I just um, ask them if they have any other questions for me, mm -hmm. uh, which typically, you know, they do. And we'll just kind of go over the questions and then they choose what option, you know, what finance option is best for them. Um, be it, you know, pay in full or um, pay as you go or the payment plan option. If they do the payment plan option, you know, we get them all signed up for that um, and we just take care of it. And then typically I will end with our filing process for the claims and mm -hmm. just kind of go over the pamphlet with them and make sure that they um, don't have any questions or concerns with that. Awesome. What um, is everyone like easy or are you getting objections at this stage too from um, usually at this stage, I don't have too many objections because they already know what they're in for. Um, you know, if they, if they've come and they've had that total body diagnostic co consult with Dr. Herzog, she's up front with them and says, you know, this is what my recommendation would be. This is the plan that I would start you on. Um, so a lot of times they already know before they even come out to see me mm -hmm. what that total, um, you know, healthcare investment is going to be. Um, so I would say at that point, point in it, I don't really have too many objections. Yeah. Do yeah. you, uh, how do you handle if someone comes out and you're like, well, can I just pay as I go and see how it goes? Like, right. Because even mm -hmm. though Caitlin's recommended something and I think they, they come out and you offer like, what, what do you, do you offer them all three options or do you offer them, you know, payment plan paid in full? How does, how does that go mm -hmm. when they, when you start talking about the finances? Right. Well, um, that is something we've also been toying around with right mm -hmm. now. Um, in the past, I would offer them all three options, you know, be it pay in full, pay as you go or payment plan. Mm -hmm. However, I've noticed that it's much better to not offer them the pay as you go. Um, I think people who are skeptical skeptical of, you know, are we able to help them? Are they going to get better? Have they been let down before? All these thoughts are running through their head. So they're fearful and they don't want to commit. Um, but anytime anyone kind of starts leaning towards the pay as you go option, um, I'm not, um, I don't really hold back and I'll just say, you know, like, well, this is our least budget friendly option, but if that's the best route for you, then we will honor it. But just know that at any time, if you're ready to commit to your plan of care, um, it has to be three visits or more, but we will honor a discount if you want to pay in full at that time. Right. You know, and I just let them know that there are options mm -hmm. and that just because you start with the pay as you go option, you don't have to stick with that as your plan continues. Awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, is there, let's see, so you go over the payment, you get payment right then, right? Credit Correct. card, boom. Mm -hmm. And now the patient is hopefully committed to their plan of care and they, right. um, and they, uh, go on their way. Is there anything like that you're doing at that point to, um, kind of, uh, I mean, besides taking payment, like are there, are there objections coming afterwards or 
you know, are people calling back, like, are people calling back and saying, oh, no, I, I want to change this? Or is it pretty much once they've kind of made that decision, um, like the objections kind of have disappeared? We've all we've conquered them at that point and they disappear. Does that make um, you hear what I'm asking? I think so. I mean, typically, once we get people started mm-hmm. on their plan of care, you know, despite what payment plan they yeah. choose, um, they do typically stick with it. Um, I have had situations where people get to appointment number two or three Mm -hmm. out of, you know, whatever was recommended and they're ready to commit. And they're like, will you still honor if I pay in full? And I'm like, absolutely we will, Mm -hmm. you know, because like we're here to help you. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that happens sometimes. Um, the only additional questions I ever get is truly about like the filing claims, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of, you know, they want to make sure they're doing it right. They want to make sure, you know, that they have the codes right, but I've pretty much already created a system for that. And I send them, you know, like a cop, an electronic copy of their first receipt. And I've pretty much like circled and highlighted everything that they would need to know in order to file. And it's labeled and explained. And so it's, it's foolproof in a way. So they can get through that. Awesome. You know what I'm thinking about? I think what I'm thinking about is the times when, you know, like the, a uh, 22 year old comes in and they have an eval and they need to go check in with their parents or someone uh, leaves maybe. And they're like, yes, I want to do it, but I have to go talk to my spouse and you have to do some follow-up with them. Right? right. Is that something that, you know, as soon as uh, Caitlin brings them out, or is that something you're discovering along in your part of the conversation with them? Well, we've done a lot of homework on trying to tee up, so we don't run into these issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And experience is the only way that's really going to help you learn how to do these things. And of course, there's always going to be scenarios where it throws you off. But that's what I love about this job, because (laughs) no two days are the same. (laughs) So um, I would say for the younger patients, um, I I pretty much try to handle that um, before they even come in. So if this is a college student or someone who is young, Um, I will simply just ask them over the phone intake, um, are you financially independent? Um, Do you have anyone who's helping you with your finances at this time? Um, Or I'll ask them, is anyone helping you with your medical expenses at this time? Any of those ways. And a lot of times people, you know, the young ones will say, yeah, like I'm still on my parents' insurance. So um, what I would like to do instead of like, because I just tell them, well, your time is valuable. Our time is valuable. Um, so what we recommend is that you speak with your parent or I'll, sometimes I'll ask permission and just say, can I have your parents' phone number and I'll call them and kind of reach out and mm-hmm. speak to them because we, do, what we don't want to run into and what we try to avoid is having people come in and have something done. And then the parents are like, what? And then you kind of run into the whole headache of who's responsible for paying this bill now. Right. Right. Um, so we have had that, but a lot of times if you try to work that out before they even come in, then you avoid all of that. And the parents really appreciate it mm-hmm. um, because they're on board with it and they know what's going on and they know, you know, there are no surprise bills. Right. Right. What, uh, thank you for that. I think it's, what's interesting is that like the first few years uh, of my practice, I was downtown mm-hmm. Greensboro. So we weren't really close to UNCG. Then we moved here. We've been in this location for seven years. And Mm -hmm. if anyone doesn't know Greensboro, we are a stone's throw away from the largest university in town, about maybe a quarter mile away. 
Yes, my alma mater. mater. Right, that's where Amber went to school. <laughs> and a lot of people choose this because the kids don't need a car necessarily to get here. They can ride their bike or it's just right. close. But even in the last two or three years, I feel like we've had more students coming. And, you know, I don't know, do you have an idea like why more people would be, more students would be coming in the last two years than they did? Like, it was almost like as soon as I got, not when Derek was here, but when Tyler was here, all of a sudden we had more students coming in. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Do you have any like idea why that might be in the last few years? Well, I can't speak on Derek's experience or what was happening at that time, but um, in my time here, which has been a little over two years now, mm -hmm. um, I feel like we're getting a bunch of referrals from, you know, UNC Greensboro, the university, mm -hmm. because um, we are the closest in proximity. We are the closest physical therapy clinic to them. Um, and so they have a referral coordinator in their healthcare center. And um, it's probably her job to know where all the physical therapy locations are in order mm -hmm. to refer people out where we're the first one or we're the closest. So we get the first call. Um, mm -hmm. Then of course, you know, I've developed a rapport with this referral coordinated coordinator, excuse me. And yeah. her and I are on a first name basis. You know, we're friends. I would consider her a friend at this point. Awesome. Um, we talk almost on a weekly basis, especially now that, um, you know, the university is back in session. Um, we've gotten referrals this week mm -hmm. um, from her. So I think that that is why we are the closest in proximity to the university. And once you develop a really good rapport with a referral coordinator, they're of course going to be more apt to sending you their referrals than another place. No, oh, that's awesome. Does, does mm -hmm. she help like tee up the conversation with the patient she's sending or with their family, or is it just because she knows us and now we've got this system for, you know, how to bring in, you know, students and young adults into the, into the practice? writer it, it, it would be the latter mm -hmm. um so she does not do any of the teeing up for us i think the only tee up she would do is say hey good news this physical therapy clinic is right around the corner yeah um and then she's like don't worry you'll hear from them and what i will do is our system that we just spoke about i'll reach out to them and call them and kind of see what their situation is in terms of mm -hmm. you know financial independence or what have you. And then I'll usually ask, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll ask permission to speak to a parent or guardian. Yeah. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to throw this out. Like I, uh, I've never talked to you about this, but I want people to know is that six or seven years ago, when we moved over here, I knew the health plan, healthcare plan at UNCG had like a $250 deductible out of network, no matter what, like it was just the first 250 bucks that you were responsible for, whether you were in network or out of network or anything. It was like the best health plan in Greensboro. And if a student came to see us and they filed a claim, they'd pay the 250 bucks and insurance would pay everything else. But that didn't bring students to our clinic. That mm -hmm. wasn't why people came. And over the years, it's gotten more expensive. I don't, it went to like 500 bucks, which is still yeah. a few years, which is still better than yeah. most, most other plans in town. Right. Um, I don't know what it is now, but that's not the reason people are coming to see us. Isn't the cost, right? right. It's, it's everything else that you just explained and that you do, <laughs> you know, which is, you know, you and Caitlin are doing, you know, cause I'm not even doing it anymore. You guys are doing it. So thank you very much. But that was the thing. It's like, it wasn't that it wasn't the cost. It's not the cost that's bringing them to us. It's everything else we're doing for people. Right. right. Yeah. It's the experience. It's the atmosphere. It's the location. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think that we're just different, you know, we're, we're just a different kind of care. And I think once you have this standard of quality care, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to go back from that. Yeah. What, what would you say is in onboarding new patients, what would you say is the most difficult part of the process? In onboarding a new patient, I would say the most difficult part would be the objections. Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, you know, just experience is only going, is the only thing that's going to aid you in that. And I mean, being, you know, from podcast number 52 to now, um, I would say I have a lot more confidence, you know, with redirecting people and talking to people about, you know, their personal situations and just trying to um, explain to them, you know, how we can be of help and of service to them. Um, but just, you know, diffusing the obstacles and just learning how to like redirect would yeah. be the most difficult part of onboarding. Awesome. Is yeah. there something that like, that, you know, like, is there a reason now that you know that we're worth every penny and that you're willing to go like fight for us? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Like, is there something um, that happened or changed or over time since you've been working here that you were like, you know, like we're worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it simply put, we get results. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen it, you know, firsthand. Um, I don't know if there's anything more rewarding than seeing someone who's, you know, come in here feeling defeated, um, or, you know, someone who was walking with, um, you know, a walker or a cane, and then you see them walking out completely independent, or you mm-hmm. see, you know, the patient return to whatever, you know, sport or physical goal that they wanted to attain that's just icing on the cake for me and um you know we don't we don't discharge people here we call it their graduation mm-hmm. um you know and they get like a whole bunch of goodies on graduation day and it's always bittersweet um you know because our patients really do feel like family here um so yeah that's awesome that's mm-hmm. awesome are there any other uh secrets that you have for you know, taking care of our patients, making them feel warm and welcome, or just, you know, agreeing to, uh, you know, working with us, like if they have a, a, slight, a slight objection or hesitation, is there anything that you do or can share, you know, that I might not know about? <laughs> um, I don't know if I have any secrets. I just, I mean, for myself personally, I just always try to treat people how I would want to be treated if I go into any sort of medical facility. I mean, we've all probably experienced, you know, being treated like lesser than and, you know, just like a number or your issue. Um, But I think that there's nothing better than having medical care that actually feels like they know you by name and they know your situation and they ask you about, you know, how's your family doing? How are your kids? Or, you know, I'll just create rapport with all patients and just get to know them on a you know, a friend level and ask them about mm-hmm. their parents, their kids, their pets, you know, when that next event or race or competition that they're getting ready for is going. And I think just like that little personal touch yeah. makes a huge difference for people. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Is there anything else that that we're doing because of even just the whole coronavirus thing, you know, it's like, is there anything like other than our procedures, is there something that you're spending more time on or doing differently, like, right, because of, you know, the changes we've had to make it, you know, I don't know, is it, are we 
having to talk to people more on the phone, you spending more time with them, or is, is it just takes more time to get people in the door? Do you have a sense of what we're doing? I would say um, I'm definitely spending more time talking to people. Mm-hmm. I, I would not categorize it as um, it's um, they're having a harder time wanting to come in. Yes and no. I guess there's like two situations here. There's a situation of objection where people are just worried right now because of the pandemic and the uncertainty and like, you know, just job wise. Um, So there's that to kind of break through. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot more effort in nurturing patients Mm -hmm. and clients and onboarding and speaking with them and just hearing them. Um, So, yeah, just talking to them about that. And then also people will call and you can tell that they miss social interaction. So yeah, a big part of my job that has shifted during this time is I do spend a lot more time when I do get on the phone with someone, it does seem and feel like it's a little bit longer. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have, I'm going to have to like duplicate you in the copy machine (laughs) as we get busier. It's like, we need more Amber because it is, it's like, it's, it's like, we are working harder for the same numbers of like patients, customers, clients. Right. Right. But I mean, patients deserve it. And it's like, we have to do a whole lot more. And it's just the extra 10 minutes it takes to get them in the door to sanitize them, take their temperature, do all those things. Right. Um, Awesome. Well, is there anything else you feel like uh, someone needs to know, or maybe someone who's, listening owns a clinic and now their, uh, their version of Amber is listening to the podcast. Is there anything else that I didn't maybe ask you about that you think would be important? Um, that's a great question. I would say, um, you know, hang on to hope and that, um, I would say lead with abundance. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, when this happened, um, I was kind of getting into a pattern where people would call and instead of, you know, leading with abundance and giving them the benefit of the doubt, um, I would, you know, automatically in my head sort of put them in this box and be like, okay, this person's not going to commit. Like I've Mm -hmm. seen this a billion times. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, lo and behold, people can surprise you. And so I think that, you know, leading, you know, with your heart and just giving people the benefit of the doubt right now. And like I said earlier, treating people the way that you would want to be treated whenever you're calling for help for yourself or for a loved one Mm -hmm. um, and just lead with abundance and assume that this person that's calling you can't afford you. Assume that this person is in a situation where they're going to commit. Um, because I feel like people can pick up on things, even over the phone, people can, it's a huge difference. You know, they say when you're on the phone and you're smiling, you can sound like you're smiling and you automatically come off nicer versus someone who's, you know, stone cold and just answering your questions. So yeah, just hang on to hope, lead with abundance and, and treat all these people who are calling you seeking out help. Um, like they're already your patient. Awesome. That's awesome. If, if someone wants to come find you on the internet somewhere, what's the best place for them to go? <laughs> um, you can find me on um, Instagram mainly. Um, my handle is Ambre Harris, yeah. which is just the, the E and the R are um, reversed. Oh, awesome. um, maybe Aaron can include that. In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. And you can yeah. also find me, you know, on, on Facebook as well, just under yeah. Amber Harris. Yeah. yeah. Or at LaBauer PT on Instagram too, because yeah, you're, you're crushing it with our social media last few months too. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. Right. LaBauer PT. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. Well, Amber, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. I appreciate <laughs> no it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, for the Cash PG Lunch Hour, this is Aaron LeBauer and Amber Harris. And go out and assume that you've got the sale. Just treat people like you want to be treated. And um, give us a shout out. And if you got anything from this podcast, um, shout us out on Instagram. And I totally appreciate a five-star rating review over on iTunes. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And when you get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.